text for the sermon this afternoon is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. 23 and 24. And there we read, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So far the text, beloved congregation of the Lord, Brothers and sisters in the Lord, boys and girls, you belong to the Lord. Holy, holy. That's what the sermon this afternoon is about. The main point of the sermon. God wants to make us holy, holy. In congregation, that's also the, the main point of the Lord's Supper celebration this afternoon. That's why the bread and the wine. Our Lord instituted the Lord's Supper to reassure us of his work of salvation for us. And that reassurance isn't just to confirm us in what we believe already, that, that he has given himself for us. No. It's to encourage us to grow in that faith so that it takes over our hearts and our lives more and more. In other words, so that we become more and more sanctified. So that we more and more live blameless lives to glorify him. And in the context of 1 Thessalonians 5, so we may be ready at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the main point of the sermon and also the main point of the Lord's Supper, the themes we could say. So I, I preached to you the text with this theme, God wants to make us holy, holy. We see in our text three things. First, the point of that sanctification. Secondly, the extent of his sanctification and then the work of sanctification. So first of all, the point of sanctification, the, the purpose, the word sanctification, and some of the catechism students might know that too, comes from two Latin words, sancto and facio. Sancto, sanctus means holy, consecrated, set aside, set apart for God. Facio means to cause that to happen, to bring that about. To sanctify then means to set apart, to be holy. To cause to be made holy. 
The way the word is used in the Bible, it means separateness. The idea is to be set aside for God, for his purposes. When believers are called saints in the Bible, that means they've been set apart by and for God. For holiness. The point of sanctification is then that God has set us aside as believers in order to make new people out of us who can live with him in his perfect holiness. And throughout the Old Testament, you have this whole idea of consecration too. This is part of this also, consecration, setting aside. Throughout the Old Testament, you see God setting aside things for use in his holy presence in his temple, tabernacle. Think of the tribe of Levi, the priest who served in the temple. That tribe set apart by God to serve him in his house, in his holiness, in the tabernacle and later in the temple. The tabernacle itself, all its utensils were consecrated with blood, set apart. And on the day that the tabernacle was consecrated in the wilderness, the glory of the Lord appeared between the cherubim in the holy of holiness, the cherubim on the ark, and a cloud covered the whole structure, the whole tabernacle. God lived there among his people, and the reality of his presence inside that holy place appeared on the outside, was visible on the outside. By the way, God wants the same thing to happen in our lives, and that's sanctification. Christ has set us apart as saints to be temples of his spirit, and that should show on the outside too, not a cloud, but in our words and deeds. The thing is, congregation, Christ has redeemed us, and he has promised us his spirit who sanctifies us, and that sanctification is a door to communion with God. God wants our lives to be progressively more and more set apart to him. And the more we let the Spirit control our lives through the Word and also through the sacrament, the more we also experience then, we will experience that we are close to God himself in all his holiness. Then the Spirit of Jesus Christ, in other words, more and more forms us into what we will be in the future in God's presence. In the Old Testament, the high priest was the most sanctified or set-apart person among God's holy nation of Israel. He alone was allowed in the most holy place there where God dwelled among the cherubim. The whole nation was set apart in a certain way. All the priests were sanctified in another way. But the high priest was the most sanctified, we could say. 
he could go in to meet God on behalf of all the other people. But the intent was that all would be made priests to God, a holy priesthood set apart to live with God, to be with him in his holy of holies. And that's also what the Lord's Supper signifies and seals to us here, that Jesus Christ, by suffering and death, has redeemed us, has obtained for us a life-giving spirit so that we can be more and more sanctified now already and prepared more and more to live with God in His holiness. Blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul puts that in verse 23. It's uh, the purpose of sanctification, so we'd be with God. Now, the extent of that sanctification, notice that the Apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonians in the text that it's God's intention to sanctify them completely. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole soul, spirit, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Actually, the, the uh, apostle used two, two words for that completely in the original language here. And you could translate here literally, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and totally. It's a double emphasis. The New International Version has it this way, sanctify you through and through. Or, congregation, the text emphasizes then the, the, the extent of that sanctification as sanctification of the spirit, soul, and body. In other words, every aspect of our being consecrated to God, set apart uh, to, to him, every aspect of our being of our existence. To put it another way, holy, holy. Now, congregation, that doesn't happen overnight. Sanctification is part and parcel of Christ's whole work of, of salvation. Christ's salvation is actually a process. It begins with justification, continues until we live with God in his eternal glory. So then it's justification through sanctification and then finally glorification. We're justified through faith in Christ's sacrifice. And justification brings along with it at the same time too that, that sanctification so that we're progressively conformed to the image of Christ by his spirit. We mature in love and good works and are progressively prepared for glorification to be with God in his holiness. When we live with God and, and Christ, the Lamb, in perfect glory. But that process of sanctification that needs to be progressive here if it's also going to become glorification, that process of sanctification has to be progressive if it's going to get to glorification. There has to be a, a growing to maturity. God wants every aspect of my life and your life to more and more 
bear the image of his Son. He wants us more and more to reflect the stamp of his presence in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our emotions, in our attitudes. And that means then also avoiding the sins of the spirit and the soul, such as pride, selfishness, bitterness, sins of the body, immorality, drunkenness, other harmful habits. Christ has redeemed us completely, body and soul, and he wants every area of our life to be more and more consecrated to him and to his Father, thoughts, emotions, words, actions, inside and out. Wants us to become holy, holy. That's Christ's aim with us. The aim that we hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil, and so become more and more blameless and experience more and more the nearness of God until he brings us into his glorious presence. So that's the extent, everything, our whole being, through and through. Now we come to the third point, the work of sanctification. I realize that becoming holy, holy is not going to be an easy process for us to undergo. How can it be done? How can that be accomplished? Isn't the Lord expecting way too much of us? You know, he, he talks about that previous to our, our text too. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Test all things. A lot of work. Well, in that regard, congregation, there's good news and bad news. Let me start with the good news. The good news is that your sanctification, as mentioned, is part and parcel of Christ's work of salvation. Just as we cannot justify ourselves before God, so we also cannot sanctify ourselves. Jesus Christ gave himself on the cross for your sanctification as much as for your justification, your forgiveness. He obtained the life-giving spirit for you on the cross to, to work in you and to work for you this, this holiness, that becoming holy, holy. As certainly as you eat the bread and drink the wine of the Lord's Supper, so certainly does he promise not only to forgive all your sins, but to nourish your hungry and thirsty souls to everlasting life. Feed you so you become holy, holy. So sanctification isn't simply trying your best to be good trying your hardest to get better. Sanctification is giving yourself over to your Savior and letting Him work in you. It's the Spirit of our Savior working in our lives. And that means letting yourself go, but it's all there. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes in verse 24, He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it? 
He's faithful. Don't doubt him. Give yourself to him. He will do it. If God in Christ called you to himself in his covenant, he will work that sanctification in your life. He will do it. Everything we need to ultimately live with God is ours in the person and work of Christ. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. Think of what it says, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Christ Jesus has become for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, everything. He's, it's all in him. He is the one who sanctifies us more and more so that we may, may be kept blameless at his coming. That's the good news. It's his work. Now the bad news, and it's not really actually bad news at all. It's, I might say it's sobering news. God in Christ will limit his sanctifying work in our lives if we don't also give ourselves over to him in that work. He's not going to work in us without us. Think of what it says in verse 19 before our text. We can, it says there, do not quench the Spirit. We can do that. We can quench the Spirit, brothers and sisters. In, in other words, we can hinder the process of sanctification of the Spirit and stunt our own growth to maturity and to blamelessness with God. The Spirit quenching gives you the idea of a fire. Well, the Spirit which Christ obtained for us by His death is like a fire. A fire that, that keeps consuming more and more until everything is burned. The fire in the fireplace wants to burn everything, consume it wholly. That's how the Spirit works. And, but His work can be quenched by a careless walk of life, a careless attitude. We throw water on that fire by not being busy with the Word of God, not seeking out the Word in the worship, having a negative attitude toward His work in the congregation, not humbling oneself in sincere prayer for the work of the Spirit, not being active with the spiritual disciplines, congregation. That's like pouring, throwing water on the Spirit's fire. That fire will consume everything. But if we throw water on it, it will not. Christ has obtained the Spirit for us so that He can work that process of sanctification and make us Holy, holy, each one of us. But then it, it's our calling as people who know Christ to seek his work, give ourselves to his work. And that means letting ourselves go over here and giving ourselves to Christ's work too. If we don't, we can eventually find ourselves 
in the outer courts of God's presence rather than near the Holy of Holies where Christ has given us access by his death. He opened that curtain. And then, congregation, if we throw water on that, our spiritual life will grow cold. It'll suffer from malnutrition. It'll shrink instead of grow. The fire will go out instead of consume. Congregation, Christ assures us in his word and in the Lord's Supper celebration, he has accomplished everything for us. It's all there for us because of his cross. Redemption from sin, the renewal of life, the hope in the glory. Just as certainly as we eat the bread and drink the wine as signs and seals of his sacrifice for us, it's all there for us but it's our calling to appropriate that, to appropriate that work of Christ. Take it in. And that means throwing other things out, but taking that in. Forgiveness through repentance from sin. Sanctification through spiritual disciplines of being busy with word and submission to that word, and especially in prayer. If we exert effort in that, we will experience Christ's fire consuming more and more of us, making, being busy with us and making us holy, holy. That's the purpose of the Word. That's also the purpose of the Lord's Supper, to bring us more and more to become holy, holy. So we'll always be ready for that marriage feast of the Lamb with His bride. Amen.